Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't easy. He's real. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting you live from Crystal Lake Studios in Mohegan Lake, New York. Switching it up on you guys. Uh, joining me as always, my colleague and co-host, the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody. Yo, what's up, everybody? What's going on, Michael? Of course, the number one high school football coach in the nation with the new, fresh, minty, clean background. Enough of whatever you had going on in the pet. You had your dining room sets nice, Sammy. No one wanted to see it. Okay? We want that background you have there. Now, it's beautiful. Number one high school coach in the nation, my cousin Sammy. What's up, bro? Jet Nation, what's going on? Hope y'all dig the new background. <laughs> and we got a special guest this week. You know him. You love him. Weapons Hot Podcast. CJ, the pain killer. Simoning. CJ, what's going on, bro? What's going on? It is good to be here. Yeah, very happy to have you with us, dude. Last week's show, Mike, a lot of people loved it. Like me and CJ was chatting about before the show started, a lot of football heads liked the information, the PFF information, Mike, kind of stacking us up against the rest of the division. I don't think people realize, and a lot of people said this to me, how good, and we can ask CJ this because now you listened to the show last week. You know you, you know this, but I don't think a lot of Jet fans, people outside of New York know that what they're going to put out there this year obviously is much better than last year. But from a pass protection standpoint, I think they stack up with any teams in the AFC East, right? I think so. I mean, look, it, as far as pass protection, if this offensive line is not middle of the pack or at least heading upward to maybe 13th or 12th in the league, then yeah. you want to know something? Then we failed. We failed yeah. somewhere because Joe Douglas's mission was to build a green wall around Zach Wilson. And that's exactly what he's been doing for the past two years. Now, that being said, some of the strategic moves that he's made have panned out. Some of them did not. Thank God we got rid of a couple of dead weight. We still got one more jackass we need to get rid of. Chuma <coughs> Doga. Uh, uh, but, you know, we, we, need some, we need some guys to come in and, and to have depth pieces. So the guys that the, we're going to be bringing in, chances are, are probably going to be after the first preseason game, possibly the second preseason game. Yeah. Whereas we're not going to see the bloodbath that we've seen in years past for the past couple of years, where we have 90 for three games, and then all of a sudden there is just a complete bloodlet and then now we're down to 53. No, yeah. we're going to 90. Then from 90, they go to 80. Then from 80, they drop down to 65 or something or, or something to that effect. And then from, from 60 or 65 or whatever it is, then we get our final 53. So there are going to be opportunities for veterans that maybe just don't make the cut. Veterans that are being cut. Good players that are being cut to make cap uh, to make cap space. We still have a couple of teams that are still a shitload over the cap, so you know that there are going to be a lot of financial decisions made over these next three, over these uh, over the three weeks that pertain to preseason. So it's going to be very very interesting to see exactly how it all transpires. But 
Still got linebackers we still need to address. Still got depth on the offensive line we still need to address. Still need to address the defensive interior. Still got to get a run stuffer. Yeah. Okay, so there's still a lot of work to be done, but right now on paper, if you take a look at the New York Jets right now, as opposed to where they were at this time last year, they are a much better team on paper than they were last year. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, CJ just brought the heat and the fire, guys, right off the bat to start the show. That's the first thing I want to say. Second thing I want to say is we're doing rushing attack this week. Same approach last week. We're going to look at this rushing attack for all the teams in the AFC. So we're going to stack it up against the whole division, see wherever you think the Jets rank. Might crunch the numbers again. I want to let everybody know, you know, we used to have interns on the show who did all the stars, you know? COVID hit. We had to let a lot of people go. So <laughs> me and Mike, me and Mike been doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Now, these numbers Mike's been compiling... Night in, night out, burning the midnight oil, working, coming home, doing numbers. He's just compiling data for the show, everybody. And we're going to get into it again, Mike. I know you went through the offensive line when it comes to the run blocking, Mike. Look at the quarterbacks, kind of how they affect the run game. And you looked at the running backs. Let's start off here with the offensive line, Mike. Talk about some of the, the numbers you came up with when you went through PFF and crunched them up. Yeah, guys, look, From uh, we did pass blocking last time. We're doing run blocking this time from an offensive line perspective. We know the changes last year from a ranking perspective. The New England Patriots were the best team when it came to PFF run blocking ratings. They had an overall 75.8 grade. Isaiah Wynn, Ted Karras, and David Andrews, we know the names. We went through it last year. They had the best run blocking game. The second was actually the New York Jets coming in at 72.08. Um, George Fant wasn't as good at pass uh, run blocking. He actually had a 59.1 grade. You know, his pass blocking grade was much better. So that's a place he can improve. But Elijah Veritucco was solid when it comes to run blocking at the left guard position, 72.5. Connor McGovern was almost an 80 at center. Very, very good. Uh, Greg Van Roten, even though he's a trash bag, he wasn't that bad either at a 75. And Morgan Moses was a stud at 74.9. Buffalo Bills came in at number three, 62.8. Um, a couple of guys there that were kind of garbage. Uh, Bodeger, 51.3. Deion Dawkins is pretty decent, 67. Mitch Morris is terrible at center, 60. Um, so there's, you know, their they're running, running, run blocking game wasn't the greatest. And then the Miami Dolphins last, at, of course, Eichenberg, Austin Jackson in the mid 50s, just complete, complete scrub. <laughs> um, and then we know the changes that were made in the offseason. Uh, the New England Patriots did go down a little bit from a projection perspective. I, I, all I did is I put a 60 projection grade for Cole Strange, the rookie. But essentially, Isaiah Wynn is coming back, left him at a 76, put in uh, Cole Strange at a 60. Mike Awanu, uh, he had an 84.9 run blocking grade back in 2020. I used that because he played 92% of the snaps then advice uh, last year. So I don't know if he's going to be that good, but he had a very solid rookie year from a run blocking perspective. Trent Brown. So they did decrease just a little bit, 74.08. The New York Jets increased. They went to 72.28. George Fant in there, Connor McGovern, Lincoln Tomlinson, add 75, Elijah Bear Tucker switching. I, I'm projecting him at about a 73 and Becton at about a 74. So we're still projected the, the second best uh, uh, run blocking grade. Buffalo Bills in third, 68.08. They actually increased just a little bit. Saffold, 
terrible at pass blocking, much better at run blocking, 76.8, and Ryan Bates, uh, 61.2. So they're still there at number three, and the Miami Dolphins did increase significantly right behind the Buffalo Bills at 63.68 with Armstead addition and with Connor Williams addition. So that's how I've got it. I pretty much got it from last year, same rankings. The Jets, you could put at the number one spot, but that's what I got from a PFF perspective, Keith. Yeah, you know, when you look at it, Mike, when you crunch the numbers up, now Morgan Moses played pretty good last year. When you look at what Becton's run block grade was the year before that, I know he's playing left tackle, Morgan Moses is playing right tackle, but Becton's pretty comparable. So you slide Becton over there, he's 23 years old, I think Morgan Moses is about 32. So for me, even though the grades are comparable, that's a big, that's a good improvement there. And that's kind of what his strength was for Becton, we know, when he was out there as a rookie. He was smashing through people. Um, I love AVT, I love Tomlinson, I think that the run blocking is not going to be an issue this year. Let's throw to CJ, we're going to go through all these different teams and break it down guys i want to ask cj now you heard the pass we kind of talked about this last week with with the pass protection and everything um but we add tomlinson to the mix we move avt over to the right side becton's probably going to be on the right side you saw mcgovern last year you we, you talked about it on your show we talked about it on our show run blocking wise pretty solid um you know and his, he graded out pretty well also surprisingly george font when it comes to the run game, not as good as you would think. And the pass protection, pretty good. But CJ, what do you think when it comes to the overall run game this year? We got Brees Hall. We know we got Carter. We know we improved the line. You know, you see the grades here. Um, last year, I think we ranked CJ maybe 25th or 26th, something like that. I think it was 27th uh, around there in the league, around 98 yards a game. Do you see a chance here for a big improvement with this rushing attack this year with this line and the new, and the new running backs? I think we should be in line for a pretty solid improvement from the running backs because, look, Let's face it, um, last year, Michael Carter was asked to do a lot. Ty Johnson was asked to do a lot. He's still, uh, you know, Mr. Drops oh, <laughs> from the butt. To, oh, God. But, you know, look, I digress, all right? But the, the running back core last year, we didn't have some of the horses that we thought we were going to have. I mean, let's face it, you guys know I'm a Michael Piran guy. He disappointed me. Did not stick with the roster. There's a good, there's a possibility he may end up be getting cut before uh, before training camp. And this is a guy that you guys know I was very very high on. Even though he's not very fast, he's very solid with the ball. He doesn't fumble, catches the ball very well out of the backfield, makes something out of nothing. Has the potential to be a good solid third down back. Problem is he does not fit this system. Yeah. So now you've got a guy in Brees Hall. Brees Hall paired with Michael Carter. Both of them, very, very explosive runners, very, very powerful runners, can get to the second level in a hurry and make guys miss. And this is the the key. If the Jets can find themselves a possible fullback or you got your three tight end room, okay? We got the undrafted free agent, Lawrence Cager, okay? He changed his position from wide receiver to tight end. Make his happy ass a fullback. (laughs) Make his happy ass a fullback. Go on in there and punch me a hole. Get these guys some running lanes. I want to see this this rushing attack is going to be the key to Zach Wilson's continued development. Because if we have a solid rushing attack, teams cannot stack eight, nine, ten in the box and dare Zach Wilson to beat you with the arm. Because yeah, you know I, couldn't what? Have, I, I couldn't agree this more. Kid, this kid can beat you with the arm. This kid can hit the three. Because if we establish that run game, then guess what? You know what happens, guys? Defenses have to play honest. They can't. They they can't stack the box like they used to. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with you on that. And I think this is going to really help Zach Wilson. Let me ask um, 
Sammy, on, Sammy, look, you're a high school football head coach and you understand talent. Um, I want to know, is, is the Patriots' offensive line from a run, run blocking, are they better than us? Because when I look at them, Isaiah Wynn at the left tackle, Trent Brown at the right tackle, right? I look at George Fant and I look at Makai. Um, George Fant had a 60. The other two tackles on the New England Patriots are 76 and 70, right, from last year. But then you got Becton on the right side. So I would say the tackles are probably better for the Patriots than the Jets as of this point. But then you look at the guards compared to Tomlinson and Vera Tucker. We got them from a guard perspective. And the centers are pretty much equal. So overall, you know... I don't know. Maybe the Jets are better. What do you think, Sammy? Well, I think on paper the Jets are better, but I don't know who's been coaching the offensive line of the Patriots for the past, I don't know, maybe two decades, but that guy deserves a medal, you know? <laughs> like, because no matter who's in there, for some reason that offensive line is just like a really well-oiled machine. And – and it doesn't really – they've kind of always been plug-and-play and played really well despite that. So I I think, yeah, on paper we're more talented. Um, and I think potentially we have – like our ceiling is obviously way higher than the Patriots, right? But um, in terms of I, I hope that we have just as good as coaching as the Patriots had because our ceiling is higher, yeah. if, that, if that answers your question. Yeah, last year they finished eighth in the league in rushing. The attack was mostly Harris and Stevenson, both of them averaging about 4.6 a carry, which is pretty strong. And this year you look at what they're bringing in. I mean, Cole Strange, for most people, we said it last week too, was a reach. I'm not, you know, doubting that they are, don't have faith in the guy, but you can't look me in the eye, anyone on this planet, and say the Patriots have had great drafts for the past 10 years because they haven't. We know the facts on that one, guys. So, I mean, when a team like that, if that was the Jets, we'd get buried. If the Jets drafted Cole Strange where the Pats did, burial. Instead, you hear these morons like Greenberg going on, being like, oh, you can't doubt Belichick. It's like, yes, you can doubt him when it comes to drafting. What are you talking about? Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. When it comes to uh, the Dolphins here, though, let me ask you this, uh, CJ. Um, the Dolphins, the way they shape their offensive line, and we mentioned this last week um, also, is that they have Austin Jackson playing right tackle. He's kind of a scrub. Mike showed the stats last week when it came to the pass blocking grade. Mike, his run blocking grade is just as bad. What is, what the hell, what is going on? And, you know, they kind of built up, and Mike mentioned this in the notes for the show, they kind of built up the left side of their line, but the quarterback is left-handed. Um, I know in the running game, that might not have too much of an effect, but just, and we didn't get, I just want to get your opinion on that, because we talked to Matt O'Leary last week, and he was like, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I know they spent all this money on Armstead, but he plays left tackle. He's going to help your run game, I guess. When you look, he's more of a pass protection guy than a run game guy. His, his, his um, uh, run blocking grade wasn't even that high. So what do you think about that, the way the Dolphins constructed this offensive line for Tua back there? You know, it's going to be really interesting to see exactly how this offensive line will perform in regards to Tua because, guys, Brian Flores is not there. They have a brand-new head coach. They're going to have a brand-new offensive system. They're going to have a lot of install, and you're going to have a lot of guys, a lot of moving parts – Especially, you guys know how, look, we saw it last year with Salah, right? We had difficulty with the offensive install, difficulty with the defensive install, right? Sometimes things don't get, sometimes things do not work the way that they're supposed to. And I just feel like that the Miami Dolphins are probably one of the biggest question marks in the AFC East because a lot of people still put them ahead of the Jets. 
but I don't. And it's not because I'm disrespecting the Dolphins. It's because they're in a, they're a team in transition. They, they really are. So for them to learn a new offensive system, for them to actually have a new voice in the locker room, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that offensive line is going to perform. That being said, I, I'm sorry. Call me a homer. You, you could do that. I thoroughly expect I thoroughly expect the Dolphins to take a step back this season where they are not going to be an 8-win, 9-win, 10-win team. I think they may end up being a 4-win, 5-win team because I think as the offensive install it goes on and regardless of the addition of Tyree Kill, look, if your offensive line cannot protect Tua, who's getting Tyreek the ball? Yeah. A ghost? Were they going to pull the ghost of Dan Marino out of the fucking yeah. stands and he's going to throw the ball? No. I, I give it... The, the over-under is five games. I, I probably give it five games before Tyreek Hill starts bitching and regretting the decision of going to Miami. Man, I hope, I hope so, CJ. It, now, un, unlike the Dolphins, the Bills are actually a good team, unfortunately. I don't really respect their running game um, because their running backs are jabronis. And when you look at the numbers, Singletary and Scrubs, I know they got Cook, but I think he's more living on his brother's name. But I digress on that note. What I want to ask you is how good, honestly, does their offensive line really need to be when you have a guy like Josh Allen, who unfortunately is machine-like when running? The builds right now are head and shoulders above everyone in the AFC East. And as much as I hate to say it, Mike, you and I talked about this privately a couple of days ago during our telephone conversation. What did the Bills do? They went out, they spent significant assets on fortifying the offensive line, right? Josh Allen, his rookie year, was lucky he could hit the ocean. I could put his happy ass on the beach and he could throw it toward the ocean and somehow it'll hit a rock, yeah. okay? But he didn't need to because the kid could make plays with his legs and everybody's afraid to hit him. The second year, what happened? They fortified the offensive line. They got him a solid offensive weapon in, in, in Stephon Dix. They go 10-6 and six and make the playoffs, right? Yep. Year after that, AFC championship, uh, um, AFC championship game appearance. All right? So, again, if the Jets are going to be smart, take a look at what your opponents within your own division is doing. You guys have heard me say this, that... The Jets need to take a, a page out of the, 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 the Belichick book, right? The Patriots book, go and find those hungry guys. Don't tell me what a guy can't do. Tell me what he can do. Those, invest your significant assets in protecting the offense, in building the offensive line and protecting your quarterback and the rest will fall into place. Because you know what? Your quarterback can't get the ball to your skill position players. You're going to be three and out more times than you can count. Do you know what that means? That means your defense is going to spend anywhere between 65 to 80% of the time on the field. Don't yeah. believe me? Go watch the fucking Falcon, the Falcons game from last year. 83% well, we spent on the field. Yeah. And, and you know, we just talked about the, the Bills and we just talked about how they're head and shoulders. It's unfortunate. And even with their scrub running backs, um, when you go and look at the PFF rushing grades, CJ and, uh, and Sammy, um, the Buffalo Bills were number two last year overall. Singletary had a 77.9 and Moss had a 76.2. I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the fact the defense was spying Josh Allen. Um, the number one rushing team was the New England Patriots, uh, 83.5. Harrison Stevenson, 
Jets came in third, 76.15 with Carter and Coleman. They were right there. I mean, from a PFF perspective, they were they were right behind the Bills and, and New England. And then Miami was last with the Jabronis, Gaskin, and Brown. Um, and- so the changing from the last year to this year, um, there were some additions. Obviously, the New York Jets went and drafted Brees Hall. I projected him as an at an eighty, and I did that because I looked at um, Jonathan Taylor's rookie season, and he was at an eighty from a rushing perspective. I went to Najee Harris, and I couldn't believe how low his his yeah. grade was. He really was. I don't mean to digress, but he really wasn't that good, Najee Harris, last year. I mean, he had volume guy. Yeah, volume. Yeah, dude. that's I, what he was. I, yeah, didn't I, even I average looked, four yards of carry last year. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mike, but didn't average four. We know for fantasy purposes, but yeah, which is not yeah, that's like the benchmark, I guess. Three point nine is not the end of the world, but didn't light think, the world up. I think Hall is going to be better, so I got him at an eighty. Carter at a seventy-eight. Buffalo Bills. I got Cook. I put him at a seventy-five. Keith, I, I could have put it lower. I just gave him the nod. I, I know. I, I gave him the nod. I put him at seventy-five. Mike, single look at my face. <laughs> I, hey, I just look. Um, I put. We'll get to, it. We'll get I gave, to it. I gave. I gave New England their ga- grades from last year, and then Edmonds and Brown seventy three point five. So overall projections, New England is still one. Jets moved to two. Buffalo is three at seventy six point five, and then Miami seventy three point five. They've come way up. So those are the numbers that I've got, Keith, for next year. Can I jump in here? Yeah, about, about Buffalo. So in terms of like their offensive line run attack being good enough and having Josh Allen, uh, I think their grades are low because like I they do have designed runs to him, but most of his stuff is sort of impromptu. And it's hard to grade that because they're just holding a position and then he takes off and they're like, all right, cool. Let's go block people now, you know? So they can't really a lot of those unplanned things and impromptu stuff that he does and he does really well isn't going to be factored into something yeah. like this. So I think that's important too, just to like take into consideration because on his feet when he's rolling out and things like that, that's not going to be sort of rolled in here. So I don't think it, their run grades matter. I think he's good enough that it doesn't matter. It's yeah, the, I got you. That was my question. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think he's good enough that it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, and if you he's going to get his. It's just... How, the longevity's not there, right? But like he's gonna, for now, he's gonna get his. Yeah, when we get to the quarterbacks, I want to talk about the longevity aspect of this whole situation. But I agree with you, Sammy. And you know, when you look at what the Bills are able to do, I mean, Josh Allen's obviously a big part of the rushing game. He had over 700 yards last year. And when a quarterback rushes the ball that often, that lowers the amount, obviously, of rushing attempts for running backs, and then lowers the amount of attempts you're then graded on. So maybe they're maybe they're graded a little off. But if you look on paper on PFF, what Mike's been throwing out here for the Bills, I mean, they don't grade out well at all. So maybe it doesn't it hasn't affected them one bit though, has it? Guys, they'll still seem to steamroll everyone and run right through them. When it comes to these Jets running backs, though, we know we drafted Brees Hall, guys. We know we had 56 touchdowns and 36 games in college. Average 5.5 a carry, average nine yards per reception. Are you kidding me right now? We know we added him to the offense. Like CJ said, Michael Carter last year, very dynamic player. As the year went on, all he did was better, everyone, just like Zach Wilson. Beginning of the year, the yards per carry wasn't there. As the year went on, Michael Carter got much better. CJ, let me ask you, man. You know who we, you know who the Bills have. You know the Dolphins personnel. You know the Pats personnel. You know the line we have. Where do you think, not only do we stack up in this division when it comes to what the running attack is going to bring? I know you mentioned some of this earlier, but just how do you think we stack up against the division? And then do you think the Jets have a chance with this line and Brees Hall 
and kind of the approach they're going to have to be one of the better running attacks in the whole league. The Jets have an opportunity to be extremely competitive within this division. Now, you guys heard me say last year that I thought that Robert Sala's goal should be, didn't matter what the win-loss record was, go at least 500 in your division, right? And the Jets ended up shitting the bed, except for the last game against the Bills. Now, the second game against the Patriots, Zach Wilson still needed to get his feet wet, went into a bad situation. What happened when we went... When we played them the next time, we ended up getting absolutely slaughtered, right? Okay, the Dolphins, same way. We let a, uh, we didn't play hard enough. They put Joe Flacco in there. Flacco didn't make enough plays to win the game. Defense couldn't hold it together. We saw that this team can fight hard against our division rivals. Problem is, we haven't done shit against our division rivals in probably about a decade plus, right? Okay, so for me, mandatory, you need to go three and three in your division. Okay, you're going to have a clunker. New England's always going to find a way to beat you at least once. Beat them once. The Bills, put a fucking scare into them. Beat them once. The Dolphins, the Dolphins, you have no excuse but to smack the shit out of them because they are a fucking team in transition. So you need to beat them. We we have to stop with this word if. Oh, if guys stay healthy, or if these guys could play great, or if this guy could do this, and if this guy could stop playing with his jockstrap. I want the word when, not if. When we beat this team. Because that is the only way that the New York Jets are going to get respect around the NFL. You beat somebody you have no business of beating. You do things that nobody expects you to do. Go out, split your decision, split your division, beat a couple of fucking teams, beat the beat the Vikings, beat the Saints, beat those teams that nobody expects you to beat, beat the Ravens on opening night, pound them into the fucking ground <laughs> on 9-11, no less. So, so, so CJ, I'll the take- reason that the Jets have not been able to do this in a long time is because they haven't had really any elite talent honestly i mean we haven't been able to really compete against any of these teams really so so one thing that keith and i um did very very very, i don't mean to i don't mean to pat ourselves on the back but keith and i did very very well this year is that we both projected Brees hall getting drafted to the new york jets and the reason why we did and the reason why we did is because we said well, we're not going to get an elite receiver. We're probably going to have to draft one, but we need to scare defenses. And how the hell do we do that? We can't get that big-time superstar wide receiver. Well, why don't we just draft the best damn running back in the draft, match him with Carter, get that line, and every time you have to play the New York Jets, you got to worry about our running game. And that's exactly what J.D. did. Because in my opinion, uh, C.J., Brees Hall... And Michael Carter are going to be the best running pack duo, not only just in the AFC East, but I would say probably they have one of the top, a top five unit in the NFL. I'm going to be that bold and say that. And usually I'm not that aggressive, mm. um, but I am that aggressive. I'm, I'm drafting Brees Hall in all leagues that I, that I can. I already know what they're going to do with this dude. <laughs> I already know because if Zach is a scrub, 
They're just going to run Hall. Yeah, exactly. All the time. That's what's going to happen, okay? And I could I could see it, all right? So my question to you is, when it comes to the Patriots, they had the best running game last year. Is Do you think, and you said if, you know, if they can beat, the, we don't want if, we want when. Do you right. think Hall makes us a when-type team? Do you think Hall is the best running back in this division? I think he could be. I don't want to say that he's the best because of the fact that the only thing that we have to go on, Michael, is his college tape. College is a lot different from the NFL. You and I both know it. We've seen college guys, Heisman Trophy winners, come to the NFL and completely get the shit smacked out of them. It's like, welcome to the NFL, rookie. Yeah. Okay, so you know what? We want those kids that are going to come in there and say... I'm going to make the NFL game my bitch and I'm going to study everything that I need to do. I'm going to, nobody in the weight room is going to work harder than me. Nobody on the practice field is going to work harder than me. Nobody in the film room is going to study harder than me and then take everything that they do and apply it every Sunday. Because you know what? You could be the best guy at training camp. You could be the best guy at practice. You could be the best guy in the film room. You could be the best guy in, in, in the weight rep. If you're riding a fucking bench on Sunday or you're fumbling the ball or you're dropping bubble screens out the backfield and you can't get open to save your life, nobody gives a fuck where you were drafted. You're going to find your ass on the fucking bench and then three weeks later, you're going to find yourself on the fucking waiver wire. So come in, come in, put your money where your mouth is and produce because you know what? You guys know how I feel about this franchise. You guys know how I feel about this organization. I, I love this organization and I wear I, I wear my fandom on my sleeve. You you listen, but, uh, you're you're right. Potential, you're right. But I'm telling you, when Brees Hall suits up, at the end of this year, he's gonna be the best right. running back in this division. I think TJ's right. talking about like there is Trent Richardson's out there though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know like, that have been gripped right, up. So I would I would argue listen, there's no running backs in this in our division. I know that's what I'm saying. There's scrubs. As we're about to get into Ed, this no Edmonds, Brown, Harris, no one in the fantasy football universe is like, know who I'm getting this year? I know. Damian Harris, bro. He's going to crush it. No one, no one's ever said that in real life, you know? know. So, <laughs> so He's right. So I'm I love it, Jerry. Like, I love I'm it. More, I'm more excited about, like, the potential of Michael Carter than I am Damian Harris. Or Completely Steven agree. Right. Ed, Edmonds had his chance. He's not great. Sammy, you know? do you think, though, when you look at the four teams right now, would you rank – and we got the numbers here. I know James Cook, I agree, kind of agree with Mike. Even when he was in his college career, it wasn't amazing. He had 14 career TDs in college. That's, that's like half a season for our boy Brees Hall. He has 56 of them. I'm not trying to be that guy. I know you're just talking about college stats. Because <laughs> college is college. Pro's a different ball game. So we'll get to it with Brees Hall. But when we stack these teams up against each other, Sammy, last year the Dolphins were absolute trash bag running the ball. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to two in a minute. Gaskin was just atrocious. I don't, I don't know. But CJ's down there in Florida. He knows. I don't know what people thought about Gaskin. God, he was horrible. Um, I mean, Duke Johnson did his best. They had nobody really to run the ball last year. This year, Sammy, they have now Mostert as the backup. They have Edmonds. They have Sony Michelle. They have a the varied attack now. They made some moves here on the offensive line. They have to Armstead's a good player. They have to improve just getting him and getting Connor Williams, right? So what do you think? Are Dude, Sony Michelle over there, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna wheel him out there with his <laughs> with his walker? Was he gonna borrow Frank Gore's wheelchair? Come on now. Let that <laughs> out of here. 
I don't uh, see. Do you still, like, Sammy? You think you have to still the worst team in this division here when it comes to this Russian attack? Yeah, I mean, listen, the Bills have Josh Allen, right? We just we're going to talk about that, but like, yeah. So that's Dolphins have nobody, and two is not going to run it. He's not going to. He's already been injured. He's done with that whole scene. So you got to rely on his arm really heavily. That's why you brought in Hill because you know you have to. You have Gasecki, you have Hill, you have Waddle for a reason because they're not going to be able to run the football efficiently. Uh, so they've made that pretty clear to everybody. They're just like, put four guys on the line of scrimmage and drop everybody in coverage and we'll beat you with, with our arm. But uh, I think they, they easily have the worst run game in the division. And Absolutely. I will say though, Sammy, far, I, know, I know that fantasy football wise and stuff like that harris maybe not be ranked high whatever but i do know that efficiency wise him and stevenson were pretty good last year Solid. and they have 4.6 a carry he's pretty good i had i had harris last year yeah and it, so it just, they Harry. they know what they're doing when it comes to the running attack yeah. in new england because it, it just seems like i think we mentioned this earlier in the show that they always manage to get the job done with the rushing attack which is, just drives me nuts and with the bills they brought cook in like i said to me he was slightly underwhelming in college but he did run a 4-4-2 we'll see what happens with him singletary was pretty decent last year also average 4.6 to carry but mike when i stack these teams to myself i think we could easily have the best rushing attack Hell new england yeah. new england on paper i get it because their line looks pretty good running backs last year they've already proven it we don't we don't have a guy that's we have one guy michael carter last year almost had a thousand yards combined so he, he, he played pretty well and he what he missed guys three games i think yeah so even yeah. those three games the kids way above that but i think we could have one of the better rushing attacks for sure and that because be i think our talent at running back supersedes theirs and our run our blocking is right there with theirs we just went over the numbers so in my opinion you know what i'm saying our our line is closer in talent than the talent is between their running backs and our running backs, in my opinion, because I think Brees Hall is a stud. I know that's just a, an opinion. I know it hasn't been proven out. That's just what I believe. I believe we got we got a star. I think he's going to be offensive rookie of the year. That's Mike, what I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot, Mike, it's not just you that thinks that about Hall, but I think just CJ's taking the correct approach, which is just to be like, we can't let's not crown him yet. Yeah. Until he goes out there and starts ripping it up. And then yeah. we'll all jump on. So CJ, I, CJ will be the first one on board. I, I he's watched, going out there and ripping up 120 yards a game. I watched a bunch of film of him. And I got to be honest, if you watch film, you watch what he does. 90% of his tape is his receiving ability, which is pretty awesome to watch because he's got great ball skills. But it doesn't – he's not – when he runs the ball, it doesn't look special. You watch it, and if you don't – kind of know what you're looking at he just runs straight downhill and gets touchdowns and you're like why it's it's just always open for this guy right because he's he makes one or two cuts inside a lot of the scrimmage and he's gone um i i so i agree with you mike i think he has the potential to be really special i think it depends how we block it up front because he's used to that zone blocking scheme where he can kind of like pick and choose where he wants to go um but he's got him and Carter, I think, make a really oh, great... Man, I'm so excited. Yeah. So yeah, when excited. you look at our boy, 82 receptions over 700 yards in college, nine yards per reception, like Sammy said. Go watch the tape of some of his catches he's made, some of these throws on the sideline. I mean, the kid's as, as athletic as it gets. And then Carter, as, as we spoke about before, he did the same thing last year. I'm not saying he's going to be Brees Hall, but he's already been in the NFL and played pretty well. So that's one thing he has going for him. And, Mike, these quarterbacks also, though, the way they yeah. affect the rushing game. We spoke about it earlier. We prefaced it. Let's get into this now when it comes to Josh Allen and Zach. we got some some numbers on Zach that might surprise people towards the end of the season. And then you get to Mac Jones and Tua, who's just a, just a statue. Just just has the hip of an 85-year-old man. 
I don't know what is going on. They're just geriatric hips. I he mean, has, you know, Mike. He, he he when he drops when he starts scrambling, Mike. He looks like when they show footage of Phil Jackson walking on the side of the court, like just just upright like that, scramble like hips bowed out hips. And I feel bad for him because I'm sure he's a tremendous athlete, but you're, you're not. He's not physically ready to run the ball. Mike, go ahead. What do you got with the QBs though in these PFF stats? Keith, you remember when Wiley Coyote would go after Roadrunner and he would fall down and hit the ground, and then yeah. a big old crack would just come up the side of the wall that's what two is afraid of if he goes runs he's gonna get cracked <laughs> up on the side of his hip it's gonna go <laughs> did he have and he had the same injury as bo jackson right that yeah yeah you know, these numbers you're throwing out about Tua like makes the dolphins i feel like their whole plan makes it just so much worse like everything they did they needed a running back so badly and they were like, I know these numbers are crazy. And we're so, gonna get Tyreek Hill instead. I'm telling you. <laughs> CJ, CJ, CJ. So look, from a running back from a running perspective for our quarterbacks, Josh Allen, why people think he's the best run well, quarterback in the NFL is because of this stat I'm gonna give you right now from a PFF perspective. He has a running grade of ninety-two point three. That is super elite. That's not that's just that's the, the highest entire, that's the, the highest PFF grade I have seen yet in any position anywhere. He's spectacular. The entire running game runs through Josh Allen. You're right. No, and that's what makes him so damn dangerous. It, he's he's and and we're going to talk about how long you, we can we're going to talk CJ we're going to talk about how long he can keep this up because I don't think he can keep it up for for that long because he's not going to survive in my opinion. Number 2 at rushing Zach Wilson, 86.2. I, I looked at the, I said, whoa, his rushing. Now, Keith's going to get a little bit more into the context of that. But number two, and it's pretty good. He's an 86 rushing grade. That's really good. Uh, number three is Mac Jones at 71.0. I mean, what's Mac Jones? You saw him in the All-Star in the Pro Bowl when he was like running, hustling. And then you got two at 60.1 to Sammy's point. They, I mean, they they're rushing. They have no threat at the, in the rushing perspective. So um, that's where the ranks were last year. I put them projected in the same type of value. Josh Allen, the best. Zach, number two. Two at four. Mac Jones, three. Those are the numbers, Keith. Yeah. And get this, Jet fans. So last year, we talked about this on the show. CJ talked about it on his show also. Towards the end of the year when Zach came back, he did manage to use his legs a little bit more. Now, the, the carries... In the first eight games of the season for Zach, he had 13 carries and he had 27 yards, which is putrid, right? That's not great for kids. <laughs> but but you remember he kind of had the deer in the headlights going on. He's getting sacked a lot. It wasn't like he had a lot of design runs or anything like that. They're trying to keep it simple for him. Not that great, though. But guys, you look at the last five games, Zach had 16 attempts, 158 yards. Over five games. That's 31 yards a game. You average that out over a whole season. That's over 500 yards rushing for a quarterback. That's tremendous. That's upper echelon rushing numbers. I'm not saying Zach's going to do that, guys. I'm just saying for five games, he did do that. We saw it happen last year. I know know one of those games, I think he had 80 yards rushing one of the games. Guys, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. You know, CJ, we all saw it. The end of last year, the line did play better. He seemed like he dialed it down a little bit, slightly more conservative, used his legs a little bit when it was smart. And we, you said it on your show. We said it on ours. We were waiting for him to do that because I know he's not, you know, you don't look at him. He's not a big Cam Newton-sized guy. But there's right. opportunities to run. you got to run. you got to mm-hmm. take advantage of it. And it seemed like he brought that into the fold. And that's why I want to ask you, CJ, when it comes to the Jets, I'm not saying they're going to start doing design runs for our boy. 
But you mentioned this earlier, dude. We've been saying it on the show, too. When it comes to Brees Hall, what he's going to bring to the table, when it comes to these play actions we're going to be able to create. Because you have to respect Brees Hall, hopefully, we're, we're hoping, and, and, and partner now with the new line. And it, the, when these play actions hit, if no one's there, he can just run the ball. Exactly. CJ, do, do you think, though, this year they're going to incorporate that more on the offense for Zach? Maybe just get him four or five carries or encourage him to do exactly what he did the last five games of last year and bring that to the offense? I hope that they encourage him to do that because you know what? If you go and you're doing a play action and the play's not there, rather than force yourself into a bad throw or force a throw into double, possibly triple coverage, dude, if the C's part in front of you, bro, be like Moses and run. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. run, yo. Just be like, be like, what? I got all this green grass in front of me. All right. You guys have heard me say this on my show a ton of times. All right. A three-yard gain, a five-yard gain, a seven-yard gain is better than a ten than a ten-yard loss. All right, a two-yard gain is better than a ten-yard sack. That's true. All right. So, how many times did we see Zach Wilson backpedal, run backwards, and mm. you just see he got five guys on him? But if he just stops and runs forward, everybody's going to over pursue. Nobody's going to catch him, and he could freaking just take off for like 10, 15, 20 yards, possibly. All right. We know the kid's got wheels. He's got to be smart enough, and he's the coaches need to take the leash off him a little bit and say, if the play's not there and you have an opportunity to run the ball, run the ball. But don't get hurt. Make sure you're doing your baseball slides. Make sure that you're keeping yourself from, from taking those big hits that we saw Ben Roethlisberger take, Cam Newton take, that we see Josh Allen now starting to take. All right? Any running quarterback, they're, they're going to tell you, once you become a runner, it's fair game. Defensive players are going to hit you wherever. They're going to do whatever it takes to bring you down. If they got to go helmet to helmet, they got to go helmet to shoulder, they got to plant their helmet square in your chest or in your back to bring you down, they're going to do it. They're going to go after your legs. They're going to do all kinds of shit. We saw, RJ, we saw RG3 basically get his soul snatched on fucking national television mm. doing a run where you just see him get hit in the leg and you just see his leg just go woo, and, uh, just like off like yeah. craziness do you right? think do you think the patriots are gonna have mac jones be like brady or do you think they'll try to incorporate more running in his game <laughs> i got news running nowhere mac, jo mac jones ain't running ain't nowhere exactly mac he just said it mac jones ain't running nowhere He'll he'll maybe run for two three yards if the play is all like completely dead and like dude you're gonna see him drop to the ground and just like shrivel up into the freaking fetal position. Want to know how accurate CJ is? <laughs> He's just said that shit off the top of his head. Last year, Mac Jones, 44 attempts, 129 yards. He averaged 2.9 in the attempt, just like you just said, CJ. That's that's what he's bringing to the tape. He's as slow as it gets, and uh, he's just taking advantage of situations when everything breaks down. You would always see Brady every once in a while would run for 15 yards, and he'd be in slow motion the whole time while he did it. Let me ask Brady you, Brady was such a gawk, man. I tell you, like, yeah. yo, remember that time when he slid and he stuck his leg all the way up, and he, <laughs> he tried to go like spikes first into a freaking linebacker who was over there, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? It's wild because even though Mac Jones. I mean, yeah, but he did nothing last year when it comes to rushing the ball. That's not the type of quarterback he is. We know that. He still might be better when it comes to rushing the ball than Tua. I mean, you look at Tua's stats oh here in the goodness. NFL. They are trash. I mean, his last year in Alabama, guys, he ran the ball 22 times for 17 <laughs> yards. He had to be, I mean, you can't. It's hard to do. 
Sammy, what do you think when it comes to Tua? Um, he has the hip flex. I think the Crip Keeper from the old HBO um, <laughs> old HBO show has more hip flexibility than um, our boy here. What do you think when it comes to Tua? His stats have been atrocious. He's averaging three yards a carry in his career, Sammy. You think he's actually worse than Mac Jones? I know we're comparing screw-ups here. Yeah, no, Where he's are you worse. I, that Mac Jones has – he might be the biggest rap play quarterback I've ever seen in the entire history of football. Um, <laughs> and I think he's a better runner than Tua – who looks way more athletic than Mac Jones. Yeah, he does. You're right. Exactly. And, and the problem is with that is that Tua and that whole franchise in general just has decided that running the football is a terrible idea and they're no longer invested in that as a strategy. And to be successful, they will solely rely on Tua's super strong arm. <laughs> on the low, Sammy, on the low, that franchise is they only won one playoffs game in this entire century. Do you know that? They've only won one playoff game. I love it. He knows because he's come to a bunch of my football games. I love running my quarterback. It's one of my favorite things to do because it's just another layer, right? So it's like I, I can run a counter, but I can now run three different plays if I just run a read. So I can throw it. I can run it in this direction. Or my quarterback can be like, meh, I'm going to go that way. So I've just added a layer to that, right? So I love a runner. I hope Zach Wilson does none of it. I hope that the coaches are like, hey, man, to get good in the NFL, you're going to have to be a really good passer. And then in a year or two down the road, when he's really good at throwing the football, which is his primary job, then I'll be like, hey, you can run it now because I trust you. I would never – I my quarterback's a senior. I'm This year I'm giving him, like, full reins to run the ball when he sees an opening. But I've been working with him for three years now. Yeah. Zach Wilson's a professional athlete. He probably learns way quicker than this high school kid. Yeah. But I still don't trust him at all. So you know? let me so let me ask you this question, uh, CJ and Sammy and Keith. Um, in 2011, the first pick in the draft, Panthers select Cam Newton, right? It's now 2022. Cam Newton's out of a job. Yeah. Cam Newton went to a Super Bowl. He was an MVP candidate. Um, he was a beast. I, I remember his first game. He threw over 400 yards. His very first game, I was like, oh, snap. This dude is a monster. And he's out of the league now pretty much yeah. because, you know, he can't handle all that beating. And when I look at a guy like Josh Allen, I see the same type of quarterback. I, obviously, they're different. They have different attributes, whatnot. Um, CJ can can Josh Allen keep this up? No, he can't. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. He really can't because if he does, all right. If he continues to take the beatings that he's taking right now, I got news for you, dude. It, it he's he's not gonna last in this league because all he, all it takes is just a couple of hits, right? In in friggin' in the chest and his career could be done or, or he could be out for a significant amount of time. How, how many times did we see Cam Newton get absolutely drilled? Oh, killed. Absolutely drilled. Drilled. Ben Roethlisberger. Dante okay? Culpepper. Dante Culpepper is, is another one. Randall Cunningham was another one. Warren Moon was another one. Don't forget right? my boy McNabb. <laughs> but then you look at you look at Donovan Tom McNabb. you look at okay. Tom Brady. He's forty nine years old, 
right? He would just fall to the ground when he, he would get sacked. And he falls yeah, exactly. exactly. Statuesque. And just to CJ's point, I crunched some of these numbers today. Now we know Michael Vick's the all-time rushing leader. His whole career, he had 873 attempts. Wow. Right? That's his entire career. <laughs> Josh Allen's played four seasons. He has 422 attempts already. Guys, now CJ what? just mentioned CJ just mentioned Randall Cunningham. His whole career, 775 attempts. Right, oh um, Russell goodness. Wilson, eight forty-six. Steve Young's fifth all-time. I went down the top five guys. Steve Young's at seven twenty-two. Cam Newton is at one thousand one hundred eighteen. <sighs> now Mike's talking about Cam being out of a job now, but he has not been that great of a player for many years. His physical breakdown, his arm, his leg, this and that. I think CJ mentioned it when he, was, he, he would get hurt a lot, and a lot of these things would it would be in pain. And he had four or five great years, but it is hard to sustain this. I mean, Lamar Jackson's even ahead of that. Lamar Jackson had 615 attempts, guys. But you look, Josh Allen is ahead of the Cam Newton pace, and a lot of these other quote unquote rushing quarterbacks. They really only ran the ball four or five times a game. Right, I mean, Vic wasn't taking massive hits. If you remember the way he ran, he would run out of bounds all the time. Michael Vic, Vic, Michael Vick was only six feet tall. He was two hundred and ten pounds. I think Allen, Cam Newton, these are giant men. So they're trying to show some bravado. But I mean, CJ said it. Some of these hits, this, some of the hits, Allen wants to deliver hits. Okay, and you're one of the biggest guys on the field. If it's him and a safety, that safety's in a bad spot. I get it, guys. But as a coach, you don't want to see that. And those nope. things add up. And we we know we don't want we're not gonna get to CT and all these type of things, guys. But you don't want your quarterback getting hit or delivering 10 to 15 hits a game. That's not where you want your your <laughs> franchise QB at. He'll be fit. He'll, Mike's kind of getting at. He'll fit Keith, he'll fit right in with the Hill people after his career. True. That's true. I mean, every one of those hits, he's getting closer and closer to the average IQ level of every single resident in Buffalo. I think right now he's still floating above 100, but he's going to go sub 100 soon, guys. And then they'll start jumping off flaming tables, do piles of shit, too, just like these fucking idiots do. And they're parking <laughs> <around>. um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I hate the hell of people, guys. You know how it is. So, CJ, bro. how good? So, CJ, last question. How good can the, are, do you think the Jets are going to be next year? I think the Jets are going to be a team which a lot of teams are not going to want to face. And I'm going to be honest with you. I can definitely say last year we watched this team be very, very competitive, right? And what's what's one of the things that we we wanted to see last year? Just be competitive, right? We just wanted them to come out, put, be competitive. Don't embarrass yourself, right? That's all. That, that's all we yep. wanted. Yep. That's that's all we wanted. All, all we wanted was go out there. Don't embarrass yourself, all right? And most of all, don't embarrass us, right? What did we do, okay? They went out there. They, they played their asses off. They played hard for freaking Robert Sala. And you want to know something? They did real good, okay? We may not have gotten the desired results, but we didn't see players quit on this team, right? So there's every reason to, to believe that with the increased talent now on the Jets... With the, info, with the influx of talent, new guys coming in, upgrades, fortification on a lot of different places upon this team, they have to take a step forward. Not that, yeah, they should take a step forward or maybe they, they have to take a step forward. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. If I, if I see it, last year we won four games. 
if we only win six games this year, dude, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed and I'm going to be ripping this fucking team a new asshole week in and week out. Why? Because you did not invest all of these draft assets, all of this capital, go out and make these free agents for another fucking six win season. Okay. You need to hit that seven mark. You need to hit that eight mark. You need to hit that nine mark. You need to be somewhere in the month of December where teams are shitting their pants knowing that they have to play you. Because now you're in the hunt for a wild card spot. Maybe you're a game out. Maybe you're a game and a half out. Okay? The easier part of the New York Jets schedule is toward the tail end of the year. Am I right? Everybody's pissing and moaning about the first fucking nine games of the season. Hey, Jets are going to go nine. Jets are going to go one a day. The sky is falling. Because every typical asshole Jets fan who's going to come out there is going to come out of the woodwork and say this team fucking sucks and they think they're going to go one, one in 14 every fucking year or one in 16 every fucking year. All right? Grow a set of balls, have some fucking faith in your team and go out there and cheer. If not, don't fucking watch. Stop fucking it up for the rest CJ, of us. CJ, you got to understand. CJ, you got to understand most Jet fans are not our age. You know, we're older, so we've seen some success. They're, my children and right. genera the generation, they haven't seen the Jets good like right. at all. They the don't even know what that concept is. They're like, right. they, they the win younger more generation than five don't games, know what seriously? the playoffs are. Don't, don't understand what the word Jets and playoffs that they don't oh, go yeah. together. They don't understand. I get it. I get it. Fan, uh, fans of this team for the past 10 years, they, they're probably suffering the biggest drought that we are. But I've been a fan of this team shit since, uh, since 79. What, I'm going on 42, 40, 43 years rooting for this team. So, I mean, I've seen some shit. I've had some happy times and I've had some times when I wanted to shave my head. And then there are other times that I, I should have been yeah. an alcoholic, Alcoholics Anonymous. All right. Yeah. But I still continue to bleed green and white. I still continue to rep my team and I'm going to praise them when they do great things. And I'm going to bash the shit out of them. I just have a lot up. of I just have a lot of pent up like aggression that I want to let out. And I just have never done it. Yeah, and I just nice feel guy. like I just no. want a W, like a like a, a tremendous W on right. Monday Night Football and just talk <laughs> shit. I want right. it, man. I feel it. It's inside. And I haven't let it out in a long time. That's, I've, that's I've been what waiting like, like Mike Tirico, that's the ball game, bounced around, whatever the hell he said. And all this stuff with Rex and everything. And I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. That's to how the Jets season should end. Just, yeah. Ugly. Ugly. Just like and the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly and a loss. It's like, I would love nothing more than for the New York Jets to co to have a come from behind. That That's what I want. I want Tony Carrenti to be the fucking umpire, to be the ref for that game. Okay. And I want Mike Tirico on the call. And I want the New York Jets to come back from like 10 points down in the fourth quarter and fucking steal a win against a team we got no business beating just so I could see the pain in Mike Tirico's face when he actually has to give the New York Jets yeah. franchise and the New York Jets organization some fucking credit. Because you know why? Between him and fucking Tony Carrenti, I'd like to hit the both of them with a fucking shovel. All right? You hear that?
You, yeah, you hear man. that, Tariko? That's the painkiller. Watch your back, Tariko. CJ's out there and he's fired up, ready to smash your face in. Guys, you know, that's a good point you made is that they, we did have a run of success. We won the division in 98. We won the division in 2002. Made the playoffs a whole bunch of times after that. We made the playoffs with Mangini. We made the playoffs with Hearn. We made the playoffs with Rex. Right? We had these different regimes that have a little bit of success. I mean, Todd Bowles went 10-6. and six. We didn't make the playoffs. But, I mean, everyone's had a little bit of a run. The past 10 years has been dark. It's been a dark time, and I get it, man. If you're a young Jet fan, you're like, what the hell? If you're a young Jet fan listening to this show, and you've only seen the darkness, but you still tune into Weapons Hot, you still tune into ABG, first of all, thank you. Second of all, the tide's about to turn. Tide's about to turn, everybody. And I want to say, I want to throw out um, to you guys in Vegas, the Jets are 28th right now, 28th worst odds to win the Super Bowl, which I think is very disrespectful. In my opinion, guys. I don't think we're that scrub level this year. Um, the four teams below us, obviously, the Falcons, obviously, the Texans. Do you want to hear the other two teams, guys? Just to make you guys happy. Ooh. One of one of them is the Panthers. Okay? You got Sam Darnold. Knock yourself out, guys. You already drafted another quarterback. How's that working out for you? Thanks and, for those picks. And the Giants. No, even better, Mike. Even Who would be even better? Patriots? <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. Clocking in at number 30. Jamal Adams. You said, yeah. I, I, I hate to go back to it. You yeah. said you wanted to go to a winner. Now you're on a worse team than the Jets, and we're, we're shooting up. Man, CJ, guys. If we were in the boardroom right now, they'd have the charts out, the data out. I was really like, thinking. They'd have the laser pointers, and they'd be saying, look at the Jets. Guys. Look at the Jets stock going up. And look at the Seahawks from Jamal Adams. You got your money, and your team's going to stink, bro. Russell, Russell Wilson beast out. I love it. I was thinking, CJ, guys here, we go – to Seattle for that game. Oh, man. I would, I I'm telling you, that is so... Can you imagine we walk into that stadium and we actually beat them and Jamal is just on the... Son, I, I want to see it live. I want to see it. That would I be see wonderful. It. <laughs> I, I want to... They don't have a big stadium, so there's not a lot of tickets available, right, Mike? I think yeah. only like 50, it's like the size of... It's like the size of freaking uh, City Field. This yeah. freaking place, right? Yeah. But, um... I do want to go there because not not that I want to talk smack to the quote unquote twelfth man that's only existed since Russell Wilson came into the league, but why do I gotta hear that these morons? I say this all the time, Mike. You're in Seattle. It's nice there. You got Russell Wilson. Things are going great. The real twelfth man is the Jet fans when they're 0 10 and it's freezing cold and we're still cheering the team. That's the real twelfth man. You don't have to that, struggle. Right. You don't struggle in the West Coast. You don't deal with what we deal with out here. So I don't want to hear. Uh, Sorry, Mike, I, I, I always bash on the Seattle fans, but that never existed when we were younger. There was no 12th man. When Steve Largent was catching passes when I was little in Tecmo, 12th man didn't matter. Yeah, you know that's what I'm right. Saying, yeah. Now all of a sudden, Russell Wilson uh, created the 12th man and they act like they're the greatest fans in the world. That bothers me. Facts. All right. All right. You know what? It's time to get out of here, Mike. Did we hit all our? Did we hit all the top talking we points? We did. We did. So what, what happens now that Wilson's gone? Is the twelfth man gone too, Keith? Yeah, I mean, is that the twelfth man? You know where you're gonna have a sling in the rock next year? Drew Lock. Not have fun with that one, guys. Who's the Mike? Is Geno Smith still there? Geno. It's like the curse. The curse of MetLife Stadium, Jamal Adams. It's following you. Okay, you got Geno Smith as your quarterback. This is the greatest thing of all time. They're going to be a bag of guard. Their defense stunk last year. Okay, they did. Yeah, I know. We want to run the ball. Pete Carroll, your offensive line stinks. You know two, rookie, I, two rookie tackles. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for next season to see. I mean, I don't often, besides the Patriots, have joy in other teams' failures. But they turned me against them, Seattle, before they got Jamal Adams. And for a hot minute, I had to see blogs where you guys thought you won that trade. You got destroyed in that trade. The building blocks of our team we have because this idiot leaving. 
So Joe Douglas, you're going to get a statue outside MetLife Stadium soon. But CJ, if anyone wants to get at you, hear Weapon Top, be involved in your world in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Well, first off, before I do that, I do want to say it's a tremendous honor to be on this podcast with all of you fine gentlemen. It is definitely a pleasure and an honor to finally meet the voice Sammy O'Hare. And I wish him the best of luck with to, with his continued success in, in the realm of high school <laughs> coach, uh, high school football. Uh, as we Number all bow one. to you, my yeah, friend. You. <laughs> Number one. That's it. All right. So you can follow Weapons Hot on Twitter at Weapons Hot Show. You could follow me at JetsFan0523, my partner in crime, Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Weapons Hot has a Facebook page. Go there. Our content's up there. Hit that like button. Message us or message you right back. We love to go back and forth with fans about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here. If you think we're doing a great job, that's awesome. Leave us a comment. You think we suck and we know nothing about football? That's fine, too. We'll roll with you. We'll troll with you back and forth. It's all good. <laughs> Weapons Hot. The main stage, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. If you haven't gone to their Facebook page, go there, hit that like button, hit that notification bell. Every time Weapon Talk goes live, you'll be able to get that notification. Plus, yours truly does a solo show called Weapon Talk Mission Briefs on a Facebook page called Jets World. Be sure to go and like that page and also click that notification bell. So whenever Weapon Talk Mission Briefs go live every Tuesday night, you'll get that notification and you guys could come and roll with us. Gentlemen, you all have the open invitation. Anytime you want to rock with Weapons Hot, I got a spare seat in my bird. We will bring you guys up and we are going to fuck some shit up. He always tells <laughs> me that. He always tells me that, Keith. He's like, you guys come anytime. Get on anytime. The CJ's always ready to rock, man. He's, He's always, always ready, ready to, to rock, talk jazz. Always ready it. to talk We football. are ready. And if you're not... All ABG listeners, man, if you're not listening to Weapon Talk, get on it immediately. It's one of the best in the business, CJ and Kevin Jackson. They do it every single week, crushing it every single week for longer than everybody else. He's a veteran in this Killing game, it. Okay? Killing we're it. We're trying to get it. We're just trying our best to get to CJ's level. That's all we're doing here, guys. Just a humble <laughs> little show. Just a humble little ABG trying to get up to our boys' level one day. You know what I'm saying? And Mike, CJ just hit a home run right there with his promotion of his show. So now, now it's your turn. No pressure or anything. You know what I'm saying? No pressure. Tell them where they can find AEBG, Mike. Let's well, go. Guys, 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 we're on YouTube. We like, subscribe. We really appreciate it. We're on all of the main platforms. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. All right, everybody. On behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the number one high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin Samuel here, and on behalf of the painkiller, CJG Simone, I'm Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out.